0: Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. The Lord has blessed us, and uh, what a wonderful church family He's given to us here at Shining Light, and uh, I'm so grateful for it, and my heart is toward you towards your family, Rebecca and I love you, we pray for you, we appreciate your prayers, we think about these days as we get a little older now, and I talk about it all the time because I realize we're on a journey, we're on a journey folks, and I'm trying to make the most of these moments along the way, I wish I'd understood this more when I was younger, and how to savor these moments, they go by so quickly. And, uh, and when you're in the midst of it, sometimes you don't know the value of it. And yet, as I think about it, now here we have these grandchildren coming along. And uh, they're growing up and just so precious, so precious. Caleb took uh, Brooklyn uh, to K-5 this week for the start of school. And they were sitting in the car there in the parking lot. He looked at her and he said, you ready for this? And she said, I was born ready, and I thought, wow, now I love that, that kind of confidence and uh, that kind of excitement about school, and uh, I'm looking forward to all that God has in store for that little lady as well as the others. But I wonder, do you live your life that way, with a confidence, with a courage? I believe the church is infected with a false humility that oftentimes we don't recognize. Yes, we do not deserve the goodness of God, but we're not lost anymore, we're found. Uh, we were unloved and unlovable at one time, but it's, But now we've discovered the great love of God, and we are loved with an everlasting love. Uh, we. Had so many failures, but yet now in Christ we're more than conquerors. Do you see? And and this hesitancy, this fretfulness, this worry that says, Oh, I'm just so undeserving. I don't know if I can serve God or not. I don't know if I will or not. I know I don't deserve it. Hey, not a one of us deserves what God has done for us. That's why it's called grace, right? It's undeserved, unmerited favor. But as I think about it, sometimes we don't even recognize the gift that God has given us. And it's like the light that uh, we are to shine, this little light of mine, of mine. Paul said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I am who I am. Who God made me to be. And I have a light to shine. I have gifts to share. And we talk our gifts down even. Uh, That person's really got a gift. Oh be careful. Don't tell them they'll be lifted up. That child has a lot of potential. Oh don't tell them. We'd rather them be discouraged. And convinced that they have nothing. Or little to offer. And talk themselves out of any future for God. Or others. In the name of just being humble let's just stay humble about it see there's a true humility but there's a false humility a false humility says what God made me is nothing I'm no one I have nothing to offer but true humility says I am in Christ and Christ is in me and you know what He's given me certain gifts and taught me certain things and put me in certain places in life that's prepared me for what He has for my life. And I'm going to embrace that in confidence and in faith and do what God has given me to do. See, that's not pride, that's faith in God. That's confidence and courage in the Lord. I believe there's a lot of people on the sidelines who could be actually in the game as it were, serving the Lord and doing God's will, but someone kind of talked them out of it or talked things down in their lives. And so many of us talk it down. Isn't it amazing that we've come to the place to where we value what others say or don't say more than what God says about us? We let someone else determine who we are. We let someone else determine what we're going to do for God or not. Isn't that amazing? Instead of the very God who made us. Paul told the young pastor, timid Timothy, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. That means to rekindle, to fan that flame. And I pray that God will use this message in that light today. We're traveling through the book of Nehemiah. We're just about through there, all right? But I'm going to go back one more Sunday, okay? And uh, I want you to just follow me because I think sometimes, yeah, we've heard it. Let's move on to another message. But have we heard it? Have we laid hold of it? Has it laid hold of us? See, that's the great question. As you turn with me, I want you to think about this. Someone has said, that a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Are we willing to take that first step? Do we have confidence in God? Do we have courage to step out? To take that first step to do what God has given us to do. Wednesday night I talked about how Nehemiah relied on God. He rallied the people to do the work of God and he was resolved to complete the task. He was just going to stay with it. In season, out of season, come what may. And there are three words that I want you to consider for our message this morning. I want you to write these down. The first word is courage. The second word is confidence. And the last word is completion. Courage, confidence, completion. George Mueller said, if the Lord fails me this time, it will be the first time. Think of that. Well I don't know. I mean should we step out? Should we try this? Do we have the courage? Willing to take the first step? Are we willing to trust the God who's never failed us? This is a man who had thousands and thousands of recorded written down answers to prayer. Who had also read the Bible through some 200 times. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And as he read about the greatness of God, his power and his promises, he took heart, he took courage, he was confident in the Lord and what God had put in his heart to do. And so he was undaunted in the face of difficulties and setbacks and delays and disappointments. So oftentimes we give up too soon. Remember we talked recently about One who had lots of starts and not many finishes, lots of losses, not many wins, but he didn't quit. And in 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected President of the United States. He just didn't quit. He had the courage to get started, and then he had the confidence to continue. And then the time came when he was able to complete his goal, to lay hold of it and do what God had raised him up in history for such a time as that to do for our nation. One writer said, it's easy to take the first few steps of an epic journey, but as the miles add up, we become impatient. Fatigue sets in. Doubt grows. Quitters rack up. And very few cross the finish line. This happens in every area of life with our bodies, relationships, our careers, our calling, our finances. It can affect any area, perhaps some all at once, the perfect storm. Very few come anywhere near of what they're capable of doing with God's hand upon their lives. And there's just one reason they come short of that. Is because they quit. They give up. They just said this is as far as I go. I can't take it anymore. I'm tired. I'm weary. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. Listen, I've been there. When it seems like everyone and everything quits on you, it's like, wow, I mean, look look who all oh, has quit on me, as it were. Don't value what I've done or what I'm trying to do. Wow, let me tell you, when you're in that time and you are feeling the anguish of that, that's when you really should look away from those who have quit you and look to the one who did not, has not, and will not quit you. And that's the God of heaven. He will not fail. He will not forget. He will not forsake. He said it. I will never leave thee. Nor forsake thee. I will be there all the way through. You can have courage today. You can have a fresh confidence to keep going. To do what God has put in your heart to do. To trust Him. You say but, but I went into a storm and then the storm hit the vessel and and it cost us in this way and that way. And the vessel is not what it once was when we set sail and it's just barely holding together it seems. There's a God in heaven who can not only hold things together but steady you and bring you safely o'er. We're taking on water sometimes. I've heard others say, I'm just treading water. I'm trying to keep my head above water. And and where am I? All the more it seems like I fall further and further behind. It's in those moments and in those times when you must not quit. You're going to have to take courage. You're going to have to take hold of the promise of God. You're going to have to get to the place to where you realize that No matter what I face in this life, I don't face it alone. And there's no one who can keep God's will from being done in my life except me. Now let that thought set in. You say, well, no, this person did that. That limits me. This person did the other. Then that means I'm uh, unworthy or insufficient or I'm not enough. God help us to get beyond that. You cannot let people and circumstances define you. Let Christ define you. In Christ we are more than conquerors. Remember in Nehemiah chapter 1... He prayed to the God of heaven in verse 5. And then here's what he asked the Lord in verse 11. Let me ask you if you have actually asked the Lord this. Even since we've been talking about and I've been preaching and teaching on this book of Nehemiah. Have you prayed this prayer yourself? O Lord I beseech thee let now thy near be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants. Who desire to fear thy name and prosper I pray thee thy servant this day. And grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Not valued very highly in the eyes of the king or the kingdom, but valued very highly in the eyes of the king of kings. And that's what matters most. That's what makes all the difference. We have to understand that. He said, Lord, would you prosper us? We take great delight and pleasure in honoring you respecting you, regarding your name, praising your name. Lord, would you move us forward in this work you've given us to do? Have you prayed that? Or are you still kind of hesitant? Or maybe even on the sidelines or like, I don't know if I can go any further. Or I've tried and sometimes it seems like I've been just sitting there in the traffic of providence and circumstance and can gain no ground. Listen, the time comes when the light turns green the time comes when the traffic moves on through and God moves you forward and God reminds you that He's there for you. He's there with you working on your behalf. Oh, we have to just take heart and take hold of His promise. See, that was the heart of Nehemiah. I think about this matter of confidence and courage. Confidence is that inward faith and strength, that faith in God, that God is with me, that God is for me, that God is working on my behalf. His hand is upon my life. He's given me a work to do, and I'm thankful. I've got confidence in the work that God has called me to. I've got confidence in the workers, the people that God has touched their hearts to serve him with me and do the work together. There's a great confidence that is there. And then ultimately the completion. We need to be instructed. We need to be inspired. But you know we also need to personalize and make application. This same God that Nehemiah prayed to is the same God we're praying to. And the Bible says he takes great delight in the prosperity of his servant. He takes great delight in moving his servants forward. Think about it. Now, he was going to encounter a great mess. A lot of times we want to serve God without the mess, but that's why we're called to serve God, because there is a mess that needs to be cleaned up. Paul sent Titus to Crete to set things in order that were wanting. He didn't go there and say, well, hey, I thought y'all uh, loved God or had a heart for God, and why, why is this a mess, and why is this out of place? And, and, and I thought if y'all really loved God, you wouldn't be facing this. It's like, no, that's why God sent you here to help us with this to put this in place, to put it in the order that is necessary so we can move forward at another level to do what God has given us to do. Dad, your home needs you. I think it's sad sometimes when dads get to the place where they think, you know, I'm not needed here. They can make it without me. Your home needs you. Mom, you're your home. Your children need you. Your husband needs you. Oh, nobody needs me. You know, oftentimes when we get to that point is when we're, it's not so much that others are giving up on us, is we're giving up on them. You don't need me. I'll just give up on you or for fear that you might give up on me, I'll give up on you to start with. I'll tell you, sometimes it is deep and it's complex what we're facing and carrying in our hearts, but God wants us to see those things. God wants to bring it to the surface so we can learn those things that are in us that keep us back from believing God and obeying God and launching out with a great confidence and courage in our hearts that says, this is what God has for my life and this is what God wants me to do and I'm going to do it with great. Great confidence in the Lord and in the promise of his word. Sometimes we think in life, maybe that season is past. I'm telling you, as long as there's life, there's hope. I read this with interest. Ray Kroc sold his sold milkshake machines for years before starting his first McDonald's. He was 53. Maybe he needs to come back and sell them some more milkshake machines how many of you know what I'm talking about there right it's always broken Julia Child spent decades in the kitchen before her first tv cooking show she was 50 Harlan Sanders founded Kentucky Fried Chicken in 1952 he was 62 himself Anyone who's ever gained ground with any endeavor or enterprise in this life they got going, they kept going when the going got tough and they finished what they started. They put something in motion and handed it off perhaps to someone who came after them. That's what God wants us to understand this matter of continuing on and just staying with the task that God has given endurance They didn't quit. Albert Einstein said it's not that I'm so smart it's just that I stay with problems longer. God wants us to stay with problems longer. He wants us to quit just opting out and getting aggravated and frustrated and giving up because it just didn't work out the way I wanted or when I wanted it and I'm just done with it. Get beyond that. Mature, grow beyond that idealism, if I serve God and honor God it's all going to work out just like this and and in just this way and and boy I can see it right now so it's really going to be worth it oh God may use that to wean you from so much yet to bring you to a place of true faith to where you glory in Him above all else Oh, my circumstances worked out just like I wanted. Everything I prayed happened. Look at all my blessings. Look how I'm glorying in my blessings. Oh, my blessings, they're just like I prayed, just like I hoped. Oh, look at all that. Let's glory in all these blessings that I have. I'll tell you what. The blesser in heaven sometimes blesses us by taking blessings from us so that we learn that blessings come and go, but the blesser remains. He alone is worthy of our praise and our trust, and our faith, and our confidence, and our continuance to keep going in the face of great trial and trouble. The Bible says it's impossible in this fallen world, but troubles will come. Trials will come. Offenses will come. Disagreements, misunderstandings, uh, all kinds of things will converge or sometimes just run into each other. What are you going to do in those moments? going to turn aside gonna walk away see that's the character of this age that's the character of this age it's just I don't want the challenge Nehemiah wanted the challenge because it was an opportunity to glorify God and I want to tell you I know what it's like to say but I don't want this challenge Lord I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I wanted, not what I expected. I would not have chosen this in a million worlds. I would not have. But by faith, I submit myself to you and I say, you do all things well, you're still God, and I'm going to trust you with this. I'm glad the Lord's helped me to do that. That's the only way I'm still standing here today. Otherwise, I would have been drowned in disappointment, heartache, Grief, the mess of life too disheartening too disappointing see they had this great mess to clean up the walls to build but then you remember he talks about the God of heaven but he talks about in verse 8 of chapter 2 according to the good hand of my God upon me can you say that He he told the people after he had surveyed the walls in the night, he told them in verse 18, of the hand of my God which was good upon me. God's with us in this thing. See, he had courage, he had confidence in the Lord. God is with us. Let me tell you, I have confidence in the Lord today. And that confidence gives me courage to continue. It's not just courage to take the first step but it's the courage to continue because I have confidence in God and not only His presence in my life but His promise. When He called, He said, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it, right? God said, I'm going to do it this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to work with you and take you where you are. Your your flaws, your faults, we don't excuse them. We say, Lord teach me. If I've erred here, if I I have made a misjudgment here, correct me, Lord. Make me someone who is pliable, moldable in your hands. That's what Job meant when he said, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I'll be malleable. I'll be pliable. I'll be someone that God can form and shape as he purges that dross of pride and self-will and self-dependence of doubt, of unbelief. That's what God is trying to do in each of our lives. Well, as I think about this, he said, now God's got his hand upon my life. If you heard someone say that today, most of us would say, oh, that's a proud person. See, that's where false humility has its seedbed. Can you imagine someone saying, I've prayed, I've sought the Lord and the God of heaven has his hand upon my life and upon the work that he's called me to do here and he has promised that he'll get it done if we'll by faith but follow him and do all that he's given us. God will help us. A lot of people would sit there and they'd say, really? Oh, la-di-da. Well, who does he think He is. Well, that's a lot of wishful thinking. Just wait till he has his bubble busted. Been there more than once. And God had to peel things back all the way. And buddy, when I got to the bottom, here's one thing I found. There was a foundation of faith that was Standing fast on the promise of God's Word, who cannot lie. And when everything else comes unglued, God's Word holds fast. And God steadied me. I held to those promises. And the very God who gave the promises held to me. I just thought, God helping me, you're not going to give up on me, Lord. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to give up on the work that you've called me to do. I'm to boldly with confidence and courage proclaim that this is the work of God. This is the will of God. Let's honor the Lord. Let's rise up and build and do what God has given us to do. See, that was the confidence and the courage that Nehemiah had and others rallied around him. People aren't drawn to titles. It's been said they rally around courage And that courage comes out of that confidence. See, it's an inward thing. Some of us, God help us, He's trying to help us. He's trying to deliver us from popular opinion, the approval of others. We want it, I know, I understand. That's a human characteristic. And some more than others some thrive on that in the absence of that they think whoa is me I, I'm at the slew of despond and despair I'm nothing I'm nobody I don't have as many people accepting or approving me or affirming me as I wanted or really as I needed God is trying to wean us from that God can bring you to a place to where if people applaud you you're like grateful but if they don't You're undaunted because you know that God is with you and he has his hand upon your life and you're here to do his will. And you cannot do God's will without there being a cost. You cannot do God's will without there being some kind of pushback. That's what Nehemiah experienced and we will too. But you get to a place where you say, I'm here to honor God, to do his will and to help people. It's not a popularity contest. I'm not going to rise or fall based upon what people say or not. I love them. I help them. I want to do what's right. But some people, God is trying to deliver us from that to where we can move into true victory. But let me tell you what else. True peace. You don't have to have something gnawing at you inside all the time. Grinding away. I'm not enough. I'm nobody, I'm nothing. Who is I to even think that I could do this because I tried a little bit or told somebody and and they acted like, hey, really? Not everybody's going to see what God has put in your heart. Nehemiah learned that. But there will be those who do. But know this, if God put it there, God will keep it there. And God will not only keep you, but God will sustain you and see you through. See, that's the confidence and the courage that Nehemiah had. May God give us a confidence today. I think about it. Staying with problems longer. Just, just being undaunted. No, it didn't work out. No, I, what, what is it? I found so many different ways to uh, not create a light bulb. Was that what Edison said? A thousand ways not to create one Till I found the right one. I saw a title of a book one time and it talked about obedience in the uh, long obedience in the same direction was the name of it. Long obedience in the same direction. Long obedience. In season, out of season. Times of Blessing times of challenge. Just keep going. Doing what God has given us to do. One has said perfectionism is the mother of procrastination. That's why some of us, if we're not careful, we're wasting too much time. We can't get it just right. Just right. So we won't try it at all done is better than perfect well done is better than well said Benjamin Franklin wrote well done thou good and faithful servant we're going to hear I trust and pray I hope in that day Jesus is not going to say well said thou good and faithful servant boy you could talk it up you could really get people stirred up I mean, could you deliver? Could you stay faithful? Could you endure? Could you bear up under misunderstandings, misrepresentations, disagreements? Could could you bear up? No, after a while I just got tired of that. I just didn't want that anymore. Not well said. Well done. As I think about this, I think about how Nehemiah had the, courage and the confidence in God and as you follow through there he said God is with me he said remember the Lord in chapter 4 when they got tired he said God is with us fight God will help us and they did and the wall was completed in 52 days now I wonder what God is putting your path today you got started in or he wants you to get started in take the first step What's he want you to get going and keep going? Stay with. What's he want you to complete? Or are you going to foul out somewhere along the way because you're not willing to follow God and obey him fully? You're holding out. You're afraid that going all in for God might cost you more than you're willing to pay, and you don't even realize it's the exact opposite way. It will cost you to go all in, but I promise you the reward will be greater than the sacrifice. But the reward will not come without the sacrifice. There is never a crown without a cross, but there's never a cross without a crown. Lord, I'm trusting you. How did he endure that cross? The joy that was set before him. What was that joy? The crown that awaited the glory, the victory that awaited. That's how he endured it. He knew his heavenly father would not abandon him or forsake him in the midst of such deep trial. I remember when I was in Bible college, I'd come from a secular background, and I thought, here God saved me, called me to preach Did the genuine work of grace in my heart. And I thought, wait a minute, if I'm going to give my whole life, my life meant something to me in those days. It does now in the right sense, I trust, but it's given to God. I said, I want to make sure that I'm preaching something that's true. It's not just thoughts about God or religion. It's not a bunch of stories or fables. And I gave myself to studying philosophy and world religions and theories of life, and God is my witness, I came full circle, and I said, there's not an answer there to be found for these burning questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? Those answers are only found in Christianity, in the Word of God. I remember praying about whether or not God wanted me to be the pastor of this church years ago. I prayed and fasted and sought the Lord and and I remember around my daddy's pond one day. It's a sacred place for me. I had prayed and prayed and finally that day God settled it. I mean he settled it in a definite way. And I've gone in the confidence and in the strength of that these years knowing that God called me here. And that's helped through so many challenges and storms. I tell you, friend, there is a God in heaven. He is looking for people of faith who are willing to act in faith, which is what true faith is, with confidence, with courage, with boldness, to declare, this is the way, walk ye in it. Let's do the will of God. You say, preacher, I- you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've i face. faced. I don't. But I tell you what, I've been through many waters. Oh, how much water I've taken on. Thought I was going to drown many times. But here I am today. How am I here today? You know what Paul said about that? Having therefore obtained help from God, I continue this day. I don't altogether know how, but somehow God helped me. And that's why you're here today. God's helped you. Isn't that right? God has helped you. He's brought you to this place. You say, well, hey, I still got challenges. You'll have them till you leave this world. That's why you're so needed. Because there's something, there's a work that God has for you to do. And we have to roll up our sleeves and get going and keep going and finish what God has given us to do. This city, this county is filled with people who used to serve God. Oh, I used to be in church. I used to teach Sunday. Hey, I used to sing in the choir. Listen, I want to tell you it's one thing to take a break, it's one thing to just take a hike and walk away altogether. God doesn't want us to change our race. And quit serving Him. We may need to adjust our pace. And that's okay too. Because we're here to help each other out. Isn't that right? And let those legs, those knees that are feeble, that are shaking, Hebrews 12 says. Let them stand up straight. Get some strength in them. And be courageous again for God. Because you're confident in His Word. He will never leave me. He's with me now. He's working in ways that I cannot see. And I'm telling you, here lately, I not only got excited about the fall, but I got excited thinking, wow, here we are. If I'm not careful, I turn 60 if God lets me live in October. And I've already preached my funeral, I don't know how many times. It's over, it's over. And yet then I meet some of our singers. They said, Oh, I'd love to be 60 again. You know what? As long as you're here, as long as I'm here, God's not finished with us. And I told Rebecca yesterday as we started, I said, you're getting me excited again. You're getting me excited about some things we've been talking about and praying about for the longest time. I said, I'm just getting excited to hear you talk about it. That's the kind of talk we ought to have. Isn't that right? What can God do yet? What will God do yet? Oh, how does God want to work yet? Yet? There's no lost cause. There's no lost loved one. There's no lost hope in the Lord. For in Jesus Christ, we can do all things. And we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube, and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.